It's the very first travel-themed show of A Little Lighter, and we're going to focus on the horrific and magical miracle that is India. And of course, talk about how to go dancing with gypsies in Rajasthan. Yeah. This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast, here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. Let's start with a reflection and ritual that just might light up your life. Danceable Ritual Unpacking your bag with gratitude. Even if we're just packing our purse or backpack for the day, we can see everything we choose to bring with us as a gift and a tool. When we unpack our bag after we get home, we can experience gratitude as well. Get close to one of your bags right now. Imagine it as a beautiful lotus flower, petals holding precious things that make our lives easier and lighter. Do finger ripples around it, loosening and relaxing the muscles in your hands. Add some wrist circles. If there's a zipper, open it with your hand in a beautiful position. Now, as you open the bag, do some subtle head slides and let the movement slide from your head down to your shoulders and do a little shoulder shimmy with your arms encircling the bag. Look inside. Is there something from a person or a place that you love in your bag? You probably forgot it was there. Look at it with new eyes. When I first did this danceable ritual, I found a handkerchief that I bought in Rajasthan with Rajasthani tie-dye. How perfect for this show. We'll talk more about Rajasthan in the danceable song and damn sexy dance move. Let's keep going with this danceable ritual. Is there a hidden pocket in your bag that you never open? Open it. Maybe you'll find the pair of earrings you've been missing or another treasure. Now unpack your bag a little more. Take something out and smile at it. Thank it for accompanying you. Is there anything in your bag that's broken or outdated or irrelevant or just needs to go? Get it out of there. Or put it in with all the other stuff that needs to go. Put it all in the same part of your bag so you can easily just pull it out when you get home. Life is too short to be carrying around things that are not serving us. Possessions are just tools. Things we can leverage to enrich and grow experiences, relationships, and health. Experiences and relationships and health bring us the long-term happiness and satisfaction that we're looking for. Possessions are just tools. And most possessions themselves bring very short-term happiness. The thrill wears off after we acquire something. We just end up wanting more things and then get sad when we lose something. So let's honor and dance for the items we take with us on journeys, big and small. You can zip up your bag now. Thanks for treating it like a lotus flower. Try it again next time you unpack your bag. Being grateful for the items inside, getting rid of the things that aren't serving you, and dancing around your bag just a little bit. I went to study in Delhi and Punjab when I was 20. After that semester, I returned to the U.S. and unpacked my bags as a different person. India changed me deeply, and India called me back again and again. Three months riding long trains around the country in 2007, zigzagging north to Dharamshala and Kashmir in 2011, all over Rajasthan in 2017. Each time I returned home, I unpacked new ideas about music and dance and costumes and food, and poverty, and God. I'm grateful that I have bags to unpack, that I have places to travel to, and the freedom to do so. Unpacking my bag is just one more chance for me to dance a little bit and feel a little lighter.
If you have a danceable ritual you want to share, please visit aliciafree.com, that's A-L-I-C-I-A, free, F-R-E-E, and click on the Facebook icon and post your ritual. We want to see who you are and what makes you want to dance. And if you tried one of these danceable rituals, tell us how it went. Go to aliciafree.com, click on that Facebook icon, and post. Now it's time for some music. Danceable song. Due to my confusion with fuzzy copyright laws, I am unfortunately not going to include clips of the featured songs here on the podcast unless I get permission from the artists. The featured songs will always be available on Spotify on my Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist. I can't pronounce the name of this danceable song, but it's pretty fantastic. It's a Rajasthani gypsy song called Kelo Kulpadyo Mela. It's got a very distinct sound. It's a very popular song with Kalbelia dancers. You can see many videos on YouTube of Kalbelia dancers dancing to this song. It starts with about 30 seconds of this snake charmer toxin, which would actually be very interesting in a belly dance performance as the beginning of a set where you're entering the stage slowly with a veil. The rest of this song is very specific to Kalbelia and those dance moves, but I can imagine an ATS performance with big skirts being really beautiful with this song. The whole song, not just the toxin in the beginning. There are these fun and easy to anticipate pauses throughout the song where we can do dramatic things with our eyes and strike poses. Open up the Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist in Spotify and check out the song. The artist is Calbelia Artists, and it's four words. K-A-L-Y-O-K-O-O-D-P-A-D-Y-O-M-E-L-A. This snake charmer instrument is the pungi. It's a reed instrument, and it's played from the top like a clarinet. But the clarinet has only one reed, and the pungi has two. That's part of why it sounds like a pungi. And the pungi player's breath passes through two chambers at once, not just one like a clarinet. So the melody comes from one chamber and the drone flows through the other. The musician's puffed out cheeks become like a bag of a bagpipe and the drone is continuous. You won't hear them take a breath. They use circular breathing techniques to play the instrument. The first 30 seconds of this song with the pungi playing would be really fun morphed with another song after it, even a very different style. There is, of course, huge variation in the music and styles and instruments all over India and South Asia as a subcontinent. But there are some elements that are more common in Indian music than in Western music, for example. The drone is one of these elements, and the pungi has a drone. A note that plays continuously while other notes happen around it. Like the sympathetic strings on a sitar or a hurdy-gurdy that resonate on their own while other notes are played. Like that low note in a bagpipe that continues underneath all of the other ones. The pungi has Arabic cousins like the midwiz and mizmar and Turkish zurna. And I'll talk about those other double-reeded instruments in a future show. Because they are different, but they also are quite related. I couldn't find the lyrics to this song anywhere. I couldn't find the meaning of them, the translation. It says it's a gypsy love song. And like I said before, it's a very common song for Kalbelia dancers to dance to. So it's a great song and it's obviously appropriate to dance to. The women singers' voices are high and thin and it's almost as if you can hear them smiling and sassing when they sing. And what I think is a frame drum sounds so loose and bassy. I think there's a frame drum in here along with the bungi and the singers. Probably another percussion instrument as well. But back to this frame drum. Imagine what happens to a natural skin drum head when the intense heat of the day drops into desert chill every night in a tent. It must get so different with the weather conditions. And the recording, it even sounds a bit loose. I did send a message to my Calbelia friend and very talented dancer, Sunitu Supera, to see if she knew the meaning of the song. And I got this message back. 
Hello friend, how are you? How you are? You are good, everything. Sorry, <coughs> I'm not reading. Send me voice message, please. Take care, I love you. She's adorable, obviously. Hopefully, for my friend's sake, she can read in her mother tongue. I don't know. It would be great if she could also read in English, since so many Westerners would love to study with her. Illiteracy is still really common, especially in Rajasthan. And that's another reason why cell phones are amazing. People have access to information they can hear and watch rather than read. It seems like many of the dancers and bands that dance in Rajasthan, that I've seen recordings of and seen live, dance a lot together. They practice a lot. Dancing and making music is not as much of a special occasion as it is a regular way to spend time in a lot of these communities, these Kalbelia communities. And maybe that's why there are so many fantastic dancers and musicians in Rajasthan. It's life. If you watch the two videos I have on YouTube of some of the dance classes I did with Sunita and Pushkar, you'll see how smoothly she transitions into the next move and how I struggle. And I'll also link to a video of the amazing Kalina Shakti dancing with a Kalbelia friend of hers in the desert in Rajasthan. You can see how smoothly her friend transitions to the next move. I think a lot of times these women dance together so often that they half know what the other dancers are going to do and they're ready to follow. It's amazing to watch. It's very natural. An interesting side note about snake charmers, I've been told that in some contexts they are not just entertainers but also healers and pest removers. They treat snake bites and they are called to remove snakes from houses. Maybe this is more of a historical situation. In India I have often found that some things still happen the way they did hundreds of years ago. There are wild anachronist snapshots everywhere you look. Snake charmers don't seem to treat these cobras really well. That's an issue. And to be honest with you, in India, a lot of humans aren't treated very well either. So it's an even bigger issue. I'll do a show on traveling in Morocco as well, a future show. I'll feature the Algerian Rai song, Ya Raya, or Oh Immigrant. That's a real travel song. Follow my playlist, listen for free, and dancing will become even easier with hundreds of diverse belly danceable songs, all curated for you and all on one list right at your fingertips. Just click on that Spotify icon on the top of aliciafree.com and it will take you right there. Let's do some dancing. Damn sexy dance move. Of course I have a travel step for you for this show. It's the Calbelia Cross Forward Open Side with Side Veil. You will be leading this travel step with the ball of your right foot and your right hip will follow over your right foot. Your left foot is weight bearing and your right foot is leading the direction of your travel step. This is similar to a U step I was taught in belly dance where the hip is drawing the letter U. The step is different because it swings. The U is wider and with one hand holding the top of your skirt and the other hand holding the edge of a veil, it feels very different. You'll see in the video that's in the show notes that Sunita covers her face a little bit with the edge of the veil when her right foot opens to touch the side. You can play with this part of the move as well. Stand with both feet facing forward with soft knees, pelvis tucked, shoulders back, chest open, face and gaze raised, energy in your hands, good belly dance posture. Place your right hand on your right hip as if you're holding a little bit of your skirt up so you don't trip on the hem. Your left hand is up in your hair near your left eye. You can pretend your left hand is holding the edge of a scarf that is loosely covering your hair. With your left foot flat and staying stationary, Touch the ball of your right foot about six inches in front of your left foot. Let your right hip follow. Place the ball of your right foot back where it started about a hip's width apart from your left foot. Keep your hands in the same place the whole time. Do this a couple more times. With your left foot flat and staying stationary, touch the ball of your right foot about six inches in front of your left foot. Let your right hip follow. 
place the ball of your right foot backwards started about a hip's width apart from your left foot. In between the touching front and open side with your right foot, you're going to stomp your left foot just a little bit, flat. Ball stomp open. Ball stomp open. You're rocking back and forth. So you're rocking forward and back on your feet just a little bit. Your right foot is just making that U with your hip happen in the front. So slowly, right cross, touch left, right open, touch left. Right cross, touch left, right open, touch left. Right cross, touch left, right open, touch left. Ball cross, lift, left, ball open, lift, left. Ball cross, lift, left, ball open, lift, left. Ball cross, lift, left, ball open, lift, left. Now allow your right hip to raise a little when it comes forward. Your right hip is drawing a U toward the audience. Pop that hip a little bit when it reaches the front of the U. Ball touch in front, open side. Ball touch in front, open side. You can speed it up a little bit. Ball touch in front, open side. Ball touch in front, open touch side. Ball touch in front, open touch side. Ball touch in front, open touch side. Once that feels good, move forward a little bit with each time that you bring the ball of your flat foot in front of your left foot. Now you can travel with the move. When I arrived in Pushkar, I just had faith that I would find a Kalbelia teacher, and I was so lucky that I found two. Rocky Sepeda out of Kalina Shakti's studio was amazing. Kalina actually has an intensive Odissi program that is weeks long, if not months long, and she also teaches other classes interspersed with that intensive instruction semester. You can visit her site at Kalina, C-O-L-L-E-E-N-A Shakti, S-H-A-K-T-I.com. You can see what she has to offer. You might not be able to contact them in advance, but I think it does tell when the school is not in session. When I went to Kalina's dance studio in person, I met a French woman who also wanted to study Calbelia. We were both looking at the class schedule, and this French woman had traveled to Pushkar many, many times. She would buy textiles, actually, for a corset business she had back in France. Her name is Rachel Gastinelli. She sells all kinds of amazing things on Etsy, and at the time of this recording, it looks like she's in Polynesia. She asked her friends in Pushkar at the hostel where she always stayed, Sai Baba Haveli, maybe it was. They actually, at that time, had a weekly Calbelia show that was music and dance. It was really fun, and it was right in the guest house. This French woman got the phone number for Sunita Sepera, another Calbelia dancer in town who was willing to teach, and we called her and arranged for a dance lesson right on the roof of the hostel. And there were two of the teachers actually there. Uh, one didn't speak English. She was a beautiful dancer. And so they took turns dancing with us. This happened because I made a clear request to the universe that I wanted to learn Calbelia dance in Pushkar from Calbelia women. And the opportunity emerged. So hopefully hearing how I studied Calbelia in Pushkar will help you if you want to go to Pushkar and study Calbelia as well. It's really a beautiful dance form. And I think it goes quite well with belly dance. And you can fuse the moves into your belly dance. And arguably, the roots of belly dance come from Calbelia, or at least the area where Calbelia is now danced. Before traveling to Rajasthan, I got a hold of Christine Andrews of the fabulous Hammer Sisters in Pittsburgh. Christine studied Calbelia in Rajasthan before. Her teacher's name was Gulabi, stage name Gulabo Sapera. Sapera is the last name of so many gypsies in Rajasthan. It's a huge group of people with the same last name, and many of them are musicians, dancers, and snake charmers. Gulabi Sapera lives in Jaipur, and you'll find a lot if you Google her name, G-U-L-A-B-I or G-U-L-A-B-O. She's the mother 
of Calbellia slash Sapera dance in its current form, Christina says. She's the most revered and well-known dancer in India in this form. And Christina, because she's awesome, said, forgive me for stating the obvious, but if you go to visit her, please remember to be respectfully dressed, shoulders and legs covered, and not too tight clothing. Thank you for saying that, Christina. A lot of people don't realize that that's a way to show disrespect in a lot of countries is to wear things that are inappropriate. Christina thought I would be able to reach Gulabi Sapera on Facebook. I never tried. She wrote her daughter is Rocky Sapera and son is Dino Banjara and they're also on Facebook, and I could reach them. I didn't know I was going to get to study with Rocky Sepeda. I'm honored to have done that. I don't know if she was talking about a different Rocky Sepeda, but the Rocky Sepeda I studied with at Kalina Shakti's School of Dance in Pushkar was fabulous. Back to how it all happened. So Jaipur was backup. If I could not find a Kalbelia teacher in Pushkar, I would go and study in Jaipur afterwards. I just had this feeling that Pushkar was where I wanted to spend most of this trip, and I was right. I researched Kalina Shakti's School of Dance in Pushkar and tried to contact them without success sometimes you just have to give yourself enough time and go to a place focusing on a specific request just keep making that request to the universe here's an excerpt from the piece eight things i learned from dancing with gypsies that's posted on my site i traveled to rajasthan to study dance in a place where gypsy wagon wheels have been rolling for centuries where Ram families awoke in the dawn of their unwritten history and carried music from India to Persia and Egypt to Spain. I wanted to see women spinning and floating and stomping beneath the desert stars like the Kalbelia dancers in the opening scene of the film Lachodrome. I set out for the holy city of Pushkar. It's a vegetarian city, by the way. Wherever I travel, I dance. The small Indian city on a lake welcomed me with wedding season streets of chaos. I sidestepped circles of diamond-studded women sweating and dancing to frantic drums in honor of a bride and groom. I waited for the cacophony of horn and organ wedding bands, and I asked locals, how do I get to the Kalina Shakti School of Dance? They pointed to the inside of the old Ranji temple, and then a blue door suspended above the back corner. I climbed up. Classes were in session. I couldn't be more excited to see the dance space. Upon entering the blue doors, I was greeted by the smell of fresh marigolds. The cool marble floor soothed my feet. The dance class schedule said exactly what I wanted. Calbelia classes with Rocky Sapera were Monday through Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Tribal fusion belly dance class with the amazing Kalina Shakti would be Thursday at 4 p.m. Belly dance has been my bridge to the dance world since I started studying in Ithaca, New York with Junsini in 2000. I'm always hungry to learn more from masters like Kalina and combine what I learned with other dance forms like Kalbelia. I am forever grateful for what I learned from my teachers in Pushkar, Sunita Sepeda and Rocky Sepeda. Find out the eight lessons I learned from dancing with gypsies in Pushkar. Just search for it on my site and check it out in the show notes. I'll put a link to a video of this move in the show notes, and I keep adding helpful free dance videos on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe and the moves will keep coming. Now let's take a moment to dote on delicious whole food that makes us dancers glow. Featured light in my body food. Nutritional yeast. It has this MSG quality where you can sprinkle it on something bland and suddenly that something tastes great. It has a cheesy, nutty flavor and a golden color. When we traveled to Mexico recently, I bought a little shaker of Parma vegan Parmesan 
which is nutritional yeast, and sprinkled it on rice and leftovers and pasta and greens, and our two-year-old loved it. That stuff is amazing. It's just nutritional yeast, walnuts, sunflower seeds, hemp seeds, and sea salt. That's what's in that Parma product. But nutritional yeast on its own, aka Nooch, is just great. It's great on popcorn, blanched greens, broccoli. It's a secret ingredient in many vegan cheesy sauces along with cashews and tofu. Nutritional yeast is a little processed. I had to look up on Wikipedia where it comes from. It's grown on glucose from sugarcane or beet molasses and then harvested it and dried. But unlike other processed foods, it has one or two ingredients and it's not an addictive substance. If you are vegan, get the nutritional yeast fortified with B12. Vitamin D and B12 are the only nutrients that we don't get from plant foods without fortification. Everything else comes from the plant kingdom. It's a special treat to have nutritional yeast and it travels really well. So you could put it in your bag next time you take off for a trip. It won't melt in the heat or go bad and it adds a lot of flavor. As with any food you carry with you when traveling in warmer climates, keep it sealed and protected against ants, mice, roaches, etc. I've had roaches in my bag in India and Thailand before. They don't mind being zipped up and going with you, so look out! There's another great article on my site titled, Want to know how to eat vegan in India? Read this first. You might be surprised what I write there. Let's play dress up. Make you shine, costume tip. Find a travel costume and wear it. Pack it. Something compact that does not show wrinkles or stains. I have a Rajasthani choli that I bought in Pushkar that goes with me almost everywhere. It's actually clothing made for nomads, so it works great for traveling. My sturdy black lace skirt that I've mentioned in other shows goes everywhere with me as well. And that outfit looks normal and appropriate in most cultural contexts when I put another shirt over my choli after I go out dancing in the morning. And it's tiny. This travel dance costume is tiny so it fits in my backpack even when I'm traveling light. Once you have a travel costume you will feel more like the world is a stage and you can dance so many places. Find that costume. If you have a costume tip to share please send it my way via Facebook or an email through my site. As Will Durant said we are what we repeatedly do. So let us repeatedly do what the divinely lovely do. Feel good. Look, goddess habit. Dance at dawn in a beautiful place. If you schedule this when you travel, it's more likely to happen. Pick a morning and let the people you're traveling with know that you're going to be out before dawn and dancing at sunrise. Pack a small speaker, an iPod, auxiliary cord. Make sure they're charged. Pack your travel costume. When you get to your destination, scout out the spot. Where will it feel good to dance at dawn? Pack a bag before going to sleep the night before and set your alarm. The energy before dawn is magical. And when you make it a habit to dance at dawn when you wake up in a beautiful place, you will feel good and look goddess for sure. Rooftops in India and Morocco, beaches all over the world, in front of gorgeous monuments and ancient theaters. There are so many places to dance. And right at dawn, there's usually not a lot of people running around too. So you have it more to yourself. And you could take great pictures and make a video and share it with other people and remember it for a long time. The dawn invites us to perform. Dance for the sun. If you have a feel-good-look goddess habit to share, please send it my way. Let's get real. Saint of Truth. At a museum in Rajasthan, a placard read, Durga always wins. That really struck me. Up until that moment, I was okay with thinking of women as victims, as being beat down and losing time after time. I'm telling you my saying of truth. I was okay with that at one point. But that's just not true. We're not victims. It definitely happens, but that's not the overarching truth I choose to see in the world. We frame truth. If we're looking, we choose what to frame. 
what to focus on. There are infinite truths too vast for our human mind to comprehend. And every time something happens, something else happens as a result of that. There's a ripple. Durga always wins. Durga is a goddess in India, a concept. She's the divine feminine in all of us. I now embrace that Durga always wins. The divine feminine in us always recovers. We cannot be stopped. Tongue hanging, eyes wild with anger, suddenly returning to the wisdom of an old soul with beeswax on her lips, breath sweetened by anise, coal accentuating the unique shape of her eyes, vermilion in her hair, gold and silver circling her skin. A woman who damn well knows what she's talking about. How do we get what we want? We must be clever at all times. We choose to dance, to emit rays of light, to be unstoppable for ourselves, and brew the medicine of the divine feminine that has and always will dance in the temples we call I. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on AliciaFree.com. This is Alicia Free, hoping this show helped you feel a little lighter.